Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com radio. Thinking of getting a brace for your tripod? Find out why custom orthotics are best and why it's important to consult with your vet first on this episode of Tripod Talk Radio. And scratching like a three-legged dog. For any tripod, cat or dog. Why do some vets do things that way? Why? So many people don't realize that their dogs are in pain. He's a three-legged dog and he's still pretty good. Hello again, and thank you for listening. This is Tripod Talk Radio, episode number 91, recorded December 19, 2019. As an amputee himself, Ben Blecka understands the importance of comfort and function for prosthetics and orthotic devices. But when it comes to dogs, you can't just ask them how they feel to determine a perfect fit. That's why he founded Hero Braces in 2005 to help provide limb stability for dogs who need it. Check out the work Hero is doing at GoHeroGo.com. Whether used as an alternative to surgery or to help provide support when missing a limb, custom orthotic braces are the best solution. Let's find out why. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Ben, thank you so much for being here. We, we've known each other for a few years now and, and really appreciate the fact that you took time today to be on our show. i um, been wanting this to happen for a long time. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, I always enjoy talking to you guys. It's, it's a lot of fun. Ah, thanks. Well, for those unfamiliar with your story, uh, let's let's talk about you for a little bit. Um, tell us your own story, and uh, and how everything in your life has impacted your your career choice and, and founding of Hero Braces. Well, I yeah, uh, pretty much it's directed everything to it, I guess. Uh, when when I was in high school, I was 16 years old. I had uh, osteosarcoma. Uh, and my distal femur and my knee. And um, so uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have know about osteosarcoma. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so um, they, they told me that I had about a 10% chance of making it. Um, wow. And what, yeah. And so it was, a, you know, it was a scary time being 16 years old. I was really focused on sports and, and whatnot. And um, we ended up replacing my knee. And um, cut and taking the tumor out, I had some a year of chemotherapy, and um, you know I'm still here 28 years later. So um, that, that's the good news from it. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and and so that knee replacement, I busted the the stem out of my femur, and so then we replaced it again, and then that got infected. And so then we pulled out all the knee replacement. And so I had several months of IV antibiotics and we're just trying to figure out what we could do to save the leg. And, and so basically it came to the point that I was going to have to have my leg amputated and it was going to be a really high amputation. Mm-hmm. So um, what the doctor says, you know, you know, from your knee down is still good. So, what we can do is we can actually amputate the knee area and we can turn your foot around and we can bring it up and make it your knee and connect 
um, your tibia to your femur. So I'm, wow. I'm, I'm speaking with my hands right now. So people can't really see it, but basically my foot is on backwards and it's at my knee now. And, um, wow. and so, um, that's a really odd amputation, I guess. <laughs> and, and so I was actually in engineering school and college at this point. I, cause I had been, I had spent several years trying to save my leg and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I kept going to my prosthetist and, and saying, hey, can you make it this way? And no, you can't do that. So finally, I just said, I'm going to school for this. So I Aww. went to prosthetic school. Yeah, that's what got me there for that. And, and it was for the human side. I mean, there's no training for, for um, the, the canine or, or veterinary side of, of prosthetics and orthotics, right? And so mm-hmm. that's that's what I went into is the human side, and and I kind of bounced around the country. I worked at a Shriners Children's Hospital, and and you know a couple different places, and and um, at at one point I was I was living in Denver, and my uncle's a veterinarian, and he introduced me to Dr. Taylor at Alameda East, oh, um, wow. where they shot uh, emergency vets. Yeah, very so, well known hospital. Yeah, yeah. So when I was there, I, I started making um, um, prosthetics and braces and all sorts of things for Dr. Taylor and what he was doing there, and uh, Carrie Adrian, and and so we had a lot of fun there. Um, and then, so I guess it was in 2008, um, I was asked to speak at the International um, Veterinary physical therapy meeting. Um, it's got more words in it, but, <laughs> um, and, and so at that point, uh, people all over the world started asking me to, um, start making prosthetics and bracing for them. So, um, I, I, uh, I only make bracing now. Um, I kind of made the decision at that point, um, just to do bracing. Um, but I started making bracing and uh, for people all over the world at that point, and that wow. became my full-time gig. So that's where I am today. We we continue to grow and, and make braces. Um, wow! I quit making the prosthetics. Um, I, I think you you asked me to kind of talk about this, but I quit making the prosthetics because I really felt like I needed to get my hands on the on the dog to fit a prosthesis. You know, being mm-hmm. an amputee, I know how like how intimate of a fit it has to be for it to really be successful. Yeah. And, and I, I just really didn't feel like I could do that from a distance. And then the second problem is it, it's so hard to hold on to a dog's leg with a prosthesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in, in humans, we can use these, we, these gel liners that kind of stick to the skin and you can kind of hold on. But with the fur, it kind of adds an element that makes it really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some, we, we did some, uh, stuff called any, uh, osteo integration where we basically, uh, with Dr. Taylor, we, you basically put a little metal rod that comes out of the end of the bone and out of the end of the skin, and then you can yep. connect the prosthesis to it. Um, the problem with that is, is that it gets infected and then it, it kind of breaks free. So there's some really smart people still working on that on the human side. So, if if we can ever get that button down, then I'll start doing prosthetics again. But I really focus on the bracing because we can we can put a brace on an animal much easier than a prosthesis. So 
Thank you for explaining all that because I know that when we first heard about you, it was, oh my gosh, it must have been 2010, around there. And you had actually worked on a prosthesis for a dog uh, way back named uh, Lucy. And Lucy was a, a roddy um, that was, uh, she belonged to a rehabilitation therapist named uh, Amy Kramer, who we are good yeah. friends with. Yeah, we just saw Amy the other day. And it, it took me a long time to put two and two together, but you did the prosthesis for Lucy, Lucy was actually the dog who the um, Colorado State uh, Veterinary uh, Cancer Center is named after. She, they've got the Lucy Oncology Center. So you have a, a long... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. We have some information in our blog I'll, I'll link to about that. But, um, yeah, so we, we knew you were doing um, prosthetics for a long time, and I do appreciate you letting us know why you're not doing them now because... One of the things that we have always loved about you and the work that you do and why we have just given your name to so many people um, is because as an amputee yourself, you know you know what a good fit is and you know what a, a poorly fitted brace or prosthesis um, can, can do, what kind of damage that can do. So we really, we, we know you, you've got the expertise that, that our pets need since they can't speak for themselves. Um, and... When it comes to braces now, a lot of people, when, when their tripod starts uh, limping really badly or just showing signs of some chronic pain, the first thing they want to do is, is rush out and go get a brace. And we'll talk about in this, that in a second, but for now, can you tell me what are the different kinds of braces that are available for pets and what are they commonly used for? Well, so I focus... I mean, there's a few others, but I focus on on primarily three joints: the stifle, the knee, so um, or the the hock or the ankle, and then the carpus or the wrist. So um, those are the three that I primarily focus on. Um, some people try to to brace the hip and the elbow. Um, it gets much more complicated for those. Um, uh, there's there's also a, a brace for the shoulders um, that is already pretty good, so I just never really try to to mm. do anything with that one. Um, Dog legs does a, a shoulder brace that's pretty good in, in helping stabilize the shoulder. Uh-huh. Um, the the hips are really hard to hold on to to be able to brace. Um, everything likes to slide over the rump. And mm-hmm. and so you, you, the contraption starts to get pretty complicated and and trying to to align hip joints and all these different things. The elbow is really tough because so much of the motion in the front leg comes at the elbow, and and so to stabilize an elbow, you have to stop the motion, and so the your dog doesn't really have any way to propel the 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 leg forward if you stop mm-hmm. that motion. The other thing is is um, to put a joint on the elbow on the inside it, it will rub against the chest wall Ouch. of the dog and and so um, elbows are just really really tough to do anything with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the most the most luck that we found is at the carpus um, and the stifle and the the hock is where we look at so. And that, that makes sense because that's where most dogs get their injuries from. And like with tripods, it's, you know, the, the carpus and 
Um, Wyatt's got some pretty nasty arthritis in his remaining rear leg, and so we've we've talked about braces uh, for him, but um, apparently his condition isn't really suitable for a brace uh, at this point. Um, I want to back up for a second real quick because uh, earlier you mentioned how there there is no specific training. Uh, for veterinary uh, orthotics and, and prosthetics makers. Um, so right now, is that because the field is still relatively new and you guys are just kind of learning things as you go? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a handful of us that are around. There's about four or five of the, the custom companies that have been around since about 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a couple off-the-shelf braces that came out around 2000. Um, so, and I know that sounds like 15 or 20 years, it seems like a long time, but when you think about an industry, um, and a, or a medical profession, it's, it's pretty short. Um, yeah. and, and so, um, you know, and it, it's just slowly starting to veterinarians are slowly starting to adopt more prosthetics and orthotics into their practice, but it's, it's not widely taught in veterinary schools yet either. So, um, you know, it just, it's a, it's a practice in patience, I guess. Yeah. So. We're getting there. We're, we're getting there for sure. Just like anything like rehabilitation therapy itself. I mean, that's relatively new and Wyatt decided to get a big drink of water right now. So if anybody here's slurping, that's what's going on. <laughs> Um, so speaking of, of tripods, so how can a brace help a, a tripod and, and do they work with cats? Right. Well, so I'm going to start with cats real quick. So sure. cats, they're, they're more finicky. So basically what I always, what I always say is if you're going to try a custom brace, which is much more expensive, what we usually knew, do is we'll just send you a, a little swab of, or a little um, piece of neoprene that you actually try to put on the cat's leg to see if they'll wear it first. Uh-huh. Um, because if they're not going to wear it, then you shouldn't really try to try to take the next step. But, but cats, yeah, they can wear a brace very similar to, to a dog. So cool. uh, let's see, what was the, the first, oh, the first question was the tripods. Yeah. So, so braces can help tripods, but the thing is, is we have to remember that since we're down one leg, we've lost a lot of propulsion. Okay. So mm-hmm. how, how do we, how do we move forward? How do we jump all these different things? And so when you start doing bracing, a lot of times what you have to do is limit some sort of motion to support the leg. So I generally shy away from bracing early on with a lot of tripods. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's a tough spot. Like you have to kind of figure out where's this pain level and, and where do I start taking away some motion to try to support, to, to limit some of that pain. And, you know, every dog's a little bit different. And I think, um, it's, it's really tough too, because we can't sit and carry on a conversation and sit at the end of the day and say, Hey, how's, (laughs) how's your ankle feeling? You know? And, and Mm -hmm. so, you kind of have to, you kind of have to start gauging the, one of the best ways to gauge is just their activity level, right? If you really see that their activity level starting to, to go down, then we need, it's probably a pain issue that we need to start addressing something. Okay. And, and so if, if you want to start 
um, bracing early on, especially for the hawk and carpus. Um, what I would suggest is doing something, a more soft brace, um, maybe like a dog legs or a therapod brace. Um, so those don't limit all of the motion, um, but they provide some support. So um, it's kind of have a happy medium. Um, as as the the pain and the deformity gets to be more and more, then you need to start doing something more custom. With, and that's more where where I fit in and, and what I do is the custom braces. They're, they're more rigid and they um, provide more support. The stifle is a little bit different. So the stifle, generally what we're trying to support that for is if there's a torn ACL or cruciate. So that can happen, and and basically with the stifle brace, we're still allowing the, I'm using air quotes here, the normal <laughs> knee motion. Um, mm-hmm. What we're trying to do is we're trying to limit this bad motion called the cranial drawer. So um, you can you can do a, a stifle brace pretty much any time, and it's going to help provide that support so so they can continue to put that leg, especially if they've they've lost a a hind limb. You know they they don't have another limb back there to support. You need to get a stifle brace on them um, right away if they have a cruciate tear. Mm-hmm. So um, that's kind of the general. I mean. Depending on the deformity, it can get more specific than that. But that's generally what I'm looking at when when I'm suggesting things for for a tripod. Is that is that kind of what you hear? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, cruciate tears are one of the most common injuries in amputee dogs. Um, We there was actually a study done at at Colorado State about that, and um, yeah, cruciate tears. Uh, that's the number one enemy and everything. That is the thing we try to help pet parents avoid um, because we've seen it happen over and over again in our community. And the recovery from that for a tripod is tough. So anytime we can avoid that or avoid the surgery and, and go through it with rehab and a, a nice supportive brace like yours, um, we're all for it. And I wanted to ask you, uh, so you you work with pet parents directly um, but you also work with, with rehabilitation therapists, is that correct? Yeah, so primarily what we do is if the, vet, uh, the, the pet parent contacts us, we try to direct them to a veterinarian. So mm-hmm. um, that, that's the best way that we can, we can help people. And because all these things are custom made, so we need a cast of the leg. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you or, you or I were to tear our ACL, there's 14 different sizes. Well, there's over 200 breeds wow. of dogs. We, we'd have to have oh. hundreds of different sizes. So that's why we do everything custom for, for those okay. braces. So, yeah. And, and what are the, uh, the dangers or, or drawbacks of, of using a, an off-the-shelf brace that wasn't prescribed? You know, you can go out there and you can get them anywhere. Um, we see a lot of people reaching for that. And we tell them, wait a minute, wait a minute, you know, talk to a vet, talk to an expert first. Um, what, what, what are the problems involved when somebody self-prescribes a brace? Right. Well, so, I mean, the first issue is just the fit. I mean, think about just different breeds. Think about how much a, a, a German Shepherd crouches compared to other breeds, you know. There's different angles of all these joints that, that we're trying to support. Um, so if you try to put a, 
off the shelf brace. I, I call it a one size fits none. Um, <laughs> but but it, it it'll just it'll it'll rub sores and it, it's just yeah. not comfortable, you know. And and so um, I think that's kind of where bracing has got a black eye in a way because they're like, Oh, see that dog. It's not walking well with it. Well, yeah, it, <laughs> you didn't think about what you were doing. You just tried to hold on tight and hope it did something. Mm-hmm. And, and so fabric braces are a little bit more forgiving. So you can, you can have some off the shelf braces and the downside is they don't provide as much support. So, um, that's maybe better for smaller dogs or maybe a milder deformity. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you really have, you really need support, that custom is important for the fit. The biomechanics is the other part, like how are we really supporting it? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so it, is it, is it going to provide that, that, uh, correction that you need? You know, I really believe with the stifle brace, so the cranial drawer motion, basically your your tibia bone, uh, the lower bone in your knee, it kind of shifts forward. And mm-hmm. um, so if you try to hold on to that with fabric, think about how much your shirt stretches if you just grab onto your sleeve. How, how are you going to try to limit that motion with fabric? It's just it's not really possible to do. So um, especially for the stifle, um, in a cruciate brace, you, you need something uh, with a more rigid plastic that's going to support that. So, yeah, it's like um, trying to use an ace bandage to support yourself. That's not really what they're doing. Um, what, I was going to ask you, what are your braces made out of? Uh, we use a. It's a. Oh, it's not polycar. It's a. <laughs> it, <laughs> It's a copolymer. It's a mix of polypropylene and polyethylene. We we found it to be a really lightweight, and we can we can um, adjust it as needed. So, and very you, durable. Um, so, tell us how the the process works. So, let's say that someone goes to their vet, and and the vet says, "Yeah, this dog could use a brace or cat." Um, and then they turn to you. What happens the, from the moment they contact you? How does everything unfold? Yeah, yeah. So we have people order on our site and it gives some of the the information about their dog, like the weight and breed and stuff like that. And from that, we'll send this little casting kit to your veterinarian. And um, there's some casting and and fitting videos on our website to kind of help with this process. But they take a cast of the leg um, in a specific position, and then that cast is sent to us and and we manufacture it from that cast, so we make we we fill it full of plaster and make a model of the leg, um, and fabricate that. That takes a couple of weeks. We send it back for um, fitting, and then if you have any fitting um, issues or concerns, what we do is we we'll do a video call like a FaceTime or Skype or something like that to help you through that process. If if you or your veterinarian hasn't done this before. So um, we're, we really want to help with the customer service. You know, I, I just, I'm an amputee. I know what the support needs to be, and, and I, I want everybody to feel important that way. So, Aw, that's awesome. I, and, and, you know, people look at, at the price. I mean, you're right up front. You show exactly what your, your braces cost on your website, and 
a lot of people, they see that price and they're like, oh, my God, for any custom brace, not just yours. So, right. But there's a lot that goes behind that investment. I mean, there's, there's all the time you spend with the, the casting process and the, the video consults and the, you know, just making sure that it's a, a good fit. So we, we really encourage people to look past that, that dollar amount because this is kind of, this is a long-term investment for the health of your animal. And it's totally worth it if you've got a, a dog who can move without pain once they're, they've got the brace. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I know it's a tough, <laughs> it's a tough thought to spend that amount of money. And so what we really try to do is, like, we make it simple. This is one cost. We don't charge you for adjustments if there need be. We don't charge you for video consults. We don't like all the customer service, all those things. I mean, for the life of your dog, are included with it. Um, wow. the, the, the plastic, uh, and the joints are guaranteed for the life of the dog. Um, so the fabric stuff, if that wears out, we have minimal fees for that, but that's mm-hmm. like if your shirt wears out. Yeah. So like we, we really try to make this all inclusive and one price. We don't like, I don't like being nickel and diamond and I don't want to do it to someone else. So it's, it's important to me that way. So. That's awesome. Do you only work with people in the U.S., or do you work with people in other countries? Yeah, no, we've we've worked all over the world. Um, oh, cool. We had a call from Lithuania one year, um, one one time, and I, I never thought that I'd be sending you know to the. When I grew up, that was a a, a part of the world that the U.S. couldn't really access. So it's right. pretty cool. Right. Yeah, we just got somebody from. Oh my gosh, somewhere in Eastern Europe um, who joined us the other day and they've got this crazy huge tripod and sounds like they might be uh, needing your services sometime soon, so I will definitely send them over to you. I I just wanted to end this uh, discussion by asking you, I know what makes Hero Braces stand out from everybody else, but if you could give us the you know 30-second elevator pitch and, and tell the world <laughs> why your products are so awesome, that would be great. Oh, I, I hope I get in it already. Um, no, we just want you to succeed. That's, uh, and, and I want to be genuine about that. So ask us whatever, and, and we'll help you however we can. So, You're so awesome, Ben. I really, really appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I always enjoy speaking with you guys, and uh, I'll have to catch up with you once you're out in uh, Colorado again this spring. We we will be there, and you're not too far, just right over the border in Nebraska, so we, we happily come see you. That sounds great. Yes, thank you so much, Ben. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. Keep up the good work. We encourage listeners to talk with their vet first when considering a brace for their tripods. For more information, visit GoHeroGo.com. And for many more articles, video interviews, and podcasts about orthotics and prosthetic options for dogs and cats, search the blogs and forums at tripods.com. He's a three-legged dog and he's still pretty good. Three-legged dog. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast.